Hello and welcome to the Unmissables podcast, the world's foremost weekly trawl through the week's pop culture, mainly TV events. I'm Boyd Hilton, and I'm joined by two extraordinarily talented <laughs> colleagues, Steph Seelan. Wow. What a, what an introduction. And what Kay Ribeiro. Hi. It's not a lie. No, no. Oh, that's nice. Together, we all work at the magazine called Heat. And this week on the Amazon's podcast, we are going to look at, among many other things, the new Netflix 10-part kind of true crime drama, partly directed by foremost cinematic genius David Fincher, Mm -hmm. and it's called Mindhunter, Mm -hmm. Steph. We're also going to look at, I think I can use the word extraordinary, I'm using it anyway. Do it. George Michael documentary, Freedom, which is going to go out on Channel 4 next Monday at 9pm. And Travel Man, the new series of Richard Ayoades. Richard Ayoades. Highly, well, entertaining, except maybe we don't think that. I don't want to spoil anything. Kind of travelogue series where he gets a celebrity with him each week to go somewhere for 48 hours. Stay neutral in the intro, always. Stay neutral in the intro, always. (laughs) Thanks for that advice, Kay. Do not spoil things in the intro. Do not reveal in the intro what we think of stuff we're going to review. Or even in the bit that we're talking about it, I think. Yeah, keep that's it vague. As well, in the second <laughs> half of the podcast. But before we get to any of that, in the first part of the podcast, we generally have what can only be described as an informal chat <laughs> about stuff we've been watching, reading, listening to. Kay's the only one that reads anything. No, I, we haven't read anything. <laughs> but you know what? I'm going to do a listening to. Oh, kind of, listening kind to. Of oh, is it the po- this podcast? Yeah, I'm going to review so. our own podcast. And, oh, my God. I mean, even by our standards, that would be grotesquely <laughs> self-indulgent. That would be shabby. And as the UK, as UK is the person who keeps us all grounded and yeah. stops us from wittering the on real for hours one. on end, mm-hmm. I can't believe you're advocating to review our own podcast. That's been noted on the World Wide Web, by the way. That the one that you're right. cracker. Has it? Yeah. Anyway, let's not ramble anymore, No, Steph. let's just... Sh- what on God's green earth have you been watching slash listening to slash reading slash anything else this week in what the world of popular culture and entertainment? Okay, firstly, I don't ever read anything because I can just watch things on TV. So I have watched so much stuff. Shall I talk about Gordon Ramsay on cocaine? Okay, so basically you might be thinking to yourself, hey, just because Ross Kemp is on old paternity leave, having twins as he is, Grant, why is this Gordon come in and decided to do it? But He's done a very good job, okay? So... Can I interrupt you very quick? I know it's terrible to interrupt at this early stage, but you know this is part of a um, series, ITV series, running on Thursdays at 9 o'clock about crime, and they've had Trevor McDonald doing one. Yeah, but he always does those kinds of things. the funny thing is that that he's doing one soon. But that's Um, his full-time job, Ross Kemp. Ross Kemp, thank you, is doing one in in a couple of weeks, so he is in this part of this series. Right, but that's... Well, that's in his wheelhouse, isn't it? That's his traditional... Oh, yeah, total wheelhouse, yeah. Oh, yeah, obviously it's extraordinary that Ramsey's What what Steph's trying to say is this new territory for Gordon. Of course, I get that. I just wanted to mention that Kemp is part of it still. Right, okay, so there's a sad backstory to this whole thing. So Gordon Ramsay, who had a chef who he was very good friends with, and he died in an incident related to taking cocaine. It's very upsetting and horrible. So that's why it's got a personal resonance with him. So he wants to kind of find out how much cocaine is actually in the city, saying it's everywhere. And he takes, it starts off with him kind of going around all his restaurants into the staff areas and into the public areas and using these special wipes that turn blue if there's a presence of cocaine. And he does like, he does, I think think I'm right in thinking he does about 17 blue on everything. He gets his senior management team and he's just like, gets all of them out and he's like, there's cocaine everywhere. Absolutely Wait, is this in staff toilets or customer toilets? As I said, both. Both. So then, but why is he having a go at them? Because no, no, oh, they meant to monitor the customer toilets. He doesn't toilets. have a go at them. He just says, "What are we going to do about this situation? Oh. It's terrible." Right. Okay, with a bit and of swearing, then, I doubt. He does. He's not happy. He's not happy. Mm. And his senior management team are like, "Oh my god!" And then he sort of goes on to kind of explore um, what what's happening here with the police and what they're doing. And he goes on. Now it is slightly comedic when he goes with a police officer <laughs> to chase down people <laughs> who are taking cocaine and driving around. Amazing. But the reason it's really kind of comedic is because he, they, he goes out and they like the people are driving erratically and he pulls over two people and this one of these guys like so starstruck by the fact that Gordon Ramsay he goes you look like Gordon Ramsay and he and Gordon Ramsay's really trying to like stay in character of like mm, he's like yeah no I, I am Gordon Ramsay and he's like. And this guy's getting arrested. He's going, I didn't want to meet you under these circumstances, mate. But do you know what? I really admire you and everything you do. And it's really impressive. And Gordon's, Gordon's like, 
listen, we've got to get you help, man. We've really got, it's bad. Are you going to pick up your kids? And he's really, really trying. I, I give him credit for trying to stay on message, but it's a little bit excruciating, but also very funny. It's, I thought what I watched was, was very good. And Gordon's, you know, he's, he's kind of good and shouty in all things that he does, isn't he? So... I don't know. It I, does sound like a comedy spoof, though. It does, say. and it is like sort of, of funny thing. a bit. But like Gordon have, doing Ross Kemp. Well, it sounds but, like an episode of Brass Eye. But because Brass there's Eye? this personal message, I love Brass yeah. Eye. Doesn't but because it? there's this personal mess- message behind it, you sort of feel, like, oh, actually, there is a okay. reason for him doing it. Okay. It's grounded. It's yeah. grounded in. A personal tragedy, which otherwise I'd probably think, oh, Gordon, get your finger out of another pie, literally. Just stop doing other people's jobs. Leave that to the Ross Kemp's, the Louis Theroux's. But actually, he's very good. Wasn't his brother addicted as well? Didn't he have a like, yeah. drug addict brother? Yes, that's true. And he says about he had to um, take his brother to an addict's house to get him to go to his uh, father's funeral. It's, um, it's, oh. it's horrid. Okay. Well, that's, I'm glad you at least have it's watched good. it and given us that extremely fair and trusting review. Yeah, well done, Gordon. Yeah. What else have you been watching? Right. Oh, my God. Uh, so what hasn't she been okay. watching? What haven't I been watching? So I want to mention, because there's a bit of a triple kind of Seinfeld, Larry David situation going on. I'm pretty sure that hey. you and I have both been watching <laughs> I mean, these things. Yeah, I'm but, glad you've brought it up. Because well, I think when a middle-aged old white guy brings it up, yeah, that there's all these programmes featuring middle-aged uh, old white guys. You know, but yeah. you, a young, feisty mm, woman. Yeah. I mean, also, with some ethnic... Yeah, yeah, half time. Things going on there as well. That's Ethics, good. feisty, young. There's some other. Yeah, there's some other shades yeah. happening here. Yeah. There's some curly hair. It's so, all going off. Woman of colour, like Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> there's Go your headline. On. Oh, actually, stop. Can I just mention something? Right. Yeah. Long time listeners of this podcast may remember a long running argument that we've had. We had about. John, John Bishop, okay, oh, yeah. and me oh, yeah. saying, yeah. right, the thing is that John Bishop, it wasn't an in-depth chat and that Piers Morgan always gets headlines. Oh, God, now Dan, I can't go into that again. Now, hold on, because at time. the end of the last podcast, we talked about the fact that one of the big things was Kim Cattrall saying that she wasn't going to do Sex yes. in the City 3, mm. she wasn't going to do it, and that they were all egomaniacs, okay? Now, I just want to point out, I'm just what this final point about this, I just want to point out that that was born out of Piers Morgan's life stories. Headline-grabbing, in-depth interview. Now, I don't need you to say anything. I just want you to let that soak in, okay? Right, now I'm going to go on to... Now I'm going to go We're on not to saying something. anything. <laughs> there are no words. That was, that was a good aside. That was a good little... Yeah. yeah. Right, now, anyway, as for the Seinfeld thing. Seinfeld. Okay, so I kicked <laughs> off with this. I kicked off with Netflix, 40-minute documentary called Longshot, okay? Yes. Oh, it's a new documentary. This is the story of a man, Juan Catalan. He's ar- arrested. Juan. Right, it's a real story. Arrested for murdering a 16-year-old girl, Martha Puebla. Okay. They think that he has carried out this murder because this girl testified against his gangster brother. Right. So he's, at, he's, at for trial. he's in prison for like five months. Okay. He says, I was at a baseball game. Right? And they're like, right, okay. Well, there are cameras at baseball games, but... So the filming, they looked at all the filming, but the resolution of the images, they could see him on there, his lawyers, but the resolution wasn't good Which enough. Which year was this? Oh. Before High Definition? Yeah, it was it's about right, there, seven, eight years ago. But there was 54,000 people in the Dodgers yeah. Stadium at that time. Yeah. So it was... Okay. A, they need to look into that was a long time. But he was like, actually, there was something else filming that day. Lo and behold, it's only an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm, fourth season. What? Yeah. Is this real? It's true story. It, that's why it's so brilliant. And Larry David features on this. It is incredible. It is, abs- yeah. it is It is literally a long shot. It's yeah. it's 40 minutes. Please, please, please watch it. It's one of the most oh amazing coincidences ever. I might have to get a Netflix account for it's this. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's Boy. about time. I was saying to Kay only a few minutes before we started recording this, she's about time she got a Netflix account. So it is being, you know, it's a bit oh. like, you know. It's now become a sticking... Grandma Ribeiro right. cuts now to crank up yeah. the TV Come to get on. Netflix. Hey. Let's remember who's got a big birthday coming up. So, anyway. boy, did you, you watch yeah, this as I have, well? What yeah. did you think? I, I would, well, I th- it is ab- I, of course I agree in every single way. But slightly annoying about it. You know, there's a trailer for it online. So if, you, if, if people haven't seen it, they can look at the trailer. But the trailer kind of gives the whole thing away because I watched the trailer before I watched it. So yeah. people have... They, the first time they screened it, I read, a, I read a, um, a review of it where they talked about how the first time they ever showed this documentary, they didn't really reveal that whole... Oh, they did. Yeah. How brilliant would it have been? 
to watch this story well, and then it, and you find out that the guy has been saved by an episode of Kobe Enthusiasm. Can I just say, I had that. no idea. Oh, that's because you, oh. Because you know how I love to watch murder things, real life murder yeah. things. So I, I, did, I was like, oh, this right. looks great, this oh. guy. And I had no idea, which is why I text Boyd right. after I watched it going, you have to watch this because yeah. I couldn't believe it. I mean, obviously now I've spoiled it for everyone, but it's still a great watch. <laughs> it really well, no, is. The trailer is spoiled it, which is why I don't feel bad. So it's called... Long Shot. And it's just, yeah, it's been out about a week. It's, it's weird. It's, 40, like a, it's, like a, it's as long as it needs to be. It tells the story. And Perfect. Yeah, it's great. It is great. And, and of course, I watched, I don't want to harp on too long, but <laughs> I did watch Jerry Before Seinfeld, which is also yes. incredible. All about Jerry's life, um, growing up in the, kind of the comedy clubs, which is brilliant. There's a great scene where he has saved every joke he's ever written and he and he puts them all out on a New York street, which I... I wonder whether they did that with special effects, but I think they no, it's really good. They it. just because I would, they just taped them all down. It was, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. incredible. And that is part of it because he's now joined Netflix. Like um, he's that's f- going to be the first of a series of specials he's doing for Netflix. Oh, is it? Yeah, so it's pretty exciting. You know, comedians in cars getting coffee. Oh yeah, that, yeah, I love that. Which was an online series. He yeah, did. is he going to? And they've bought that. They've bought the rights to that, oh, so that perfect. not only are they showing the new series of that soon. But also all the old series will be available. And that is an absolutely brilliant thing where he interviews. I mean, that he does Barack Obama. You know, it's not just comedians. It's gone beyond that. But it's an incredible mm. thing, yeah. So fans of the greatest, yeah. funniest man in the world. And then if you want to top it off with a triple, oh, yeah. it's the top new series off. of Curb, which I know Boyd talked a little bit about. I did. In last episode. But my God, it is... It's always really, I think, dangerous territory to go back to something. Like, I haven't watched the new Will and Grace. I'm, I'm a little bit worried about what that's going to well, be. Well, that was never like, that funny anyway. Okay. Well, we're not going to get into that because it's amazing. Okay. But, um, no, okay. <laughs> well, look, <laughs> let's, let's, let's get back to Curb. Don't yeah. something yeah. I both agree on. Right. But I didn't, I was a bit worried because you'd said it was really good. And mm. I, 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 you're worried because I said it was really good. Well, yeah, I just no hold Curb your enthusiasm. No. no, I just, I just no, I'm hold actually Curb your enthusiasm so close to my heart. And I just thought, you know when someone's really excited about seeing it again, which yeah. I knew you were, yeah. I thought, oh, has he over it? Six, yeah, six, six years. Six years is a long, a long time. time. You've been blinded I by his love for it. I think it's better. I think mm, it's better I than the last well. series. Last se- all yeah, the last seasons. This was an amazing first episode. I hope he keeps it up. Yeah, it was, it was absolutely brilliant, yeah. Okay, after yeah. all that, that Sorry, I mean, that was, no, that was a brilliantly exhaustive um, analysis of all this great stuff. Yeah, well, careful. So from one funny man <laughs> to two funny men, Ooh. right? Chris and Kem straight out of Love Island. Oh. Listen, Wait a minute. sharp contrast. Yeah. Hold on. No, Hold on. not sharp contrast. Are you, exactly are the you same seriously page. naming wow. Chris and yeah, Kem off Love happened. Island in the same breath as Jerry Seinfeld yeah. and Larry David? You better believe it just happened. Just happened. I mean, all I, all I can do is apologise. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and then sorry, let guys. You carry on. And if you want to. Oh, listen, obviously I'm not, and you can stop being so hoity toity. I'm just saying, <laughs> you are, the question was, what have you watched and what have you enjoyed? And this is what I've watched and enjoyed. Is this their new oh, show? Yes, it is. Okay, so for anyone who watched Love Island, I'm sure a lot of people listening to this podcast. I think Boyd did. and I didn't watch it, but no. everybody That's fine. else. I mean, I wouldn't boast did. about that, but yes, a lot of people did. Millions, in fact. Yeah. And the best thing to come out of the show, stop laughing, Boyd, was Chris and Kem and their bromance, and they were fantastic. So the best thing that ever happened after that mm. was that they got their own ITV2 show. And on Love Island, they notoriously um, used to rap and stuff. And we're talking about the love of grime music. And so Stormzy did a little video message for them. And they were like really made up. Anyway, ITV2 offered them this show to kind of go on a musical journey. And they've got a gig basically at the Ministry of Sound performing in front of 2,000 people. So they need to like record a song, you know, like practice this, that and the other. And they also go to LA. And honestly, if you love them on the show, which I know neither of you did. <laughs> but we didn't watch them. Well, we couldn't pick them out of a lineup. Well, you work at Heat, so I think you decided to get fired. Haven't they got a single out as well? <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's a little bit leading. I mean, I know Hello, that much. use the title. What? So hold on a minute. Let it, me just get this straight. Gonna, go on. Let me just get it straight. So mm. they met Stormzy, okay, and Stormzy was welcome. Stormzy, on like, verified. Show. Okay, so they met him on this show. Not on the Unmissables podcast. Right. But on no, the Christian Kemp special, Chris nice to be too. Yeah. Okay. And then they liked him so much they thought we're going to steal some of your thunder and we're going to make a grime record. Is that what you're saying happened? No. And these are the people that you like. No. Nice. Right, well, what happened That's was... That's a classic Steph way of looking at it, <laughs> isn't like... it? It's a bit like Ricky Whittle and the <laughs> listeners who don't know. Back in was it the just... first ever one, you had that's a weird happened. reason for not liking Ricky Whittle. And now even I, even I think it's unfair to accuse Chris and Kim of stealing Stormzy's well, thunder. No, I think what happened was they like grime music inspired by Stormzy. They like rap music and they just... Mm-hmm. Were encouraged by Stormzy even, who was like, yeah, you should totally do this. He's yeah, on he the show. he did it though, did he? <laughs> he was on... Sorry, Kat. Guy, Stormzy. 
No, I know. But I encourage us all. all okay. Yeah, Stormzy's so yeah, nice. Yeah. Carry on. So Stormzy is on it. Yeah. Pro Green's on it. And they lay down a track. They go to LA. The funniest scene is with Chris and Kem because Kem's driving and he's a bit like how I would drive in LA, which is like almost closing your eyes and just praying for the best and mm-hmm. shitting himself. So it's very funny. If you like them on the show, it works very well. And like, honestly, they, I would say, and I know you're going to balk at this, but... Balk? It's a yes, balk? it's a balk situation. Okay. They've got natural chemistry and charisma. I don't and they get on so Wait, I haven't finished. Oh, oh, okay. They get on so well. It's a bit like Mel and Sue or Antidec, how they get on oh, naturally oh. so well. I'm not putting them in the same oh, category oh, oh. as them in terms of <laughs> main... Mainstream television presenters, but I'm saying they've got a natural chemistry that works so well. Do you know what? She started comparing them to Jerry Seinfeld, and she ended yeah. comparing to Adam Deck. Deck. That yeah. was that I was mean, a classic. All case. I would say, you two, is <laughs> I'm saying I'm comparing them to those people because they have natural chemistry to get no, on so well enough. together. No, no. Enough, no. And what oh. I heard you two doing was judging two people you no, don't you're know. Right. You're right. So you have been can, slapped can, down. Do you know what? No. Sorry. I always like to so be fair. Let's just establish, is this a series that's, how many parts is it? Is it like, two parts? It's on the ITV player now. So it's just two parts, but maybe they'll I get the something else part, out of it. Yeah, I think the second part went out last night, if you listen to this on Tuesday, yeah. It's sort of okay. on ITV yeah. But isn't it the case, am I not right in saying that their single is going is gonna to be, be number one and everything, I think? Yeah, probably, because it's, it's amazing. Right it's, 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 it's a number good, one. Do you know what, right? So they when they performed it, um, at the Ministry of Sound, it was um, it's actually a good single. I mean, that is an extraordinary situation. Yeah, but come on, Meghan McKenna got to number one <laughs> with her country music song. Okay. Sorry, I don't want to be. Quick question, Steph. When was the last time you got to number one? I'm number right. one right okay. now with a grime now, single. I bought out because I was encouraged by Stormzy. <laughs> He's um, very nice. He's, he very, was very nice. he's very encouraging of new talent. I'm just upset because, yeah, he encouraged me as well. Look where we are. <laughs> yeah. Also, the other thing that yes. we just quickly need to talk about, yes. please. Doctor, Dr. Foster finale. Dr. Foster. Dr. Fuster finale. <laughs> Did yes. you watch it? Of course. You know, I, well, okay, this is like this is the kind of thing I would do. Don't you remember when I mentioned on this very podcast that I'd seen the, f- absolutely, the final? Absolutely, I remember yeah, it. Yeah. Every single word you said is just playing yeah, in my mind now. absolutely good. Okay, mm. can you just tell me what happened? Because I didn't watch any of it. So no, I we really can't spoil it. No, I don't think we should spoil still, it. No, 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 no. However, what I'd say <laughs> oh. is I thought it was good that they didn't go down the obvious route that I thought they would take. So I'm applauding them for that. However, I think it was a damp squib for me. Yeah, but hasn't it already aired? Won't everyone who's listening, won't all of our pogs have... Not everyone's dedicated their life to TV in the same yeah, way so that we're allowed we can't to. can't never assume that everyone's seen everything. I mean, we could, you could... I mean, we could talk about it with a warning to uh, fast forward. No, no, it's a, a, minute, full, it's a full station. reprimand for me. It's fine. No, no, no. no, no it's no, not no. a full reprimand. It's a mild, <laughs> mild... You'll know when it's a full reprimand. Oh, okay. <laughs> Admonishment. <laughs> but you were happy. No, you were. I was happy. I don't think, it was, I don't think it was a damn screw at all. No, I do disagree. Yeah, I think Kay's wrong. But, but, but you're not the only one. Loads, so no, loads of people were disappointed. Loads of people have said of, that. Someone I think. in the um, Alison Pearson, who is a uh, high level journalist and author, wrote a thing in the Telegraph saying he was disappointed and as well. But I, I think, no, I thought it was incredibly powerful actually. But I'm, I can't say why because it would be giving it away. Can I ask Kay the same question I asked you, which is does it leave it open for a third series in your opinion? Well, Kay? So I thought it did, and I didn't want it. I wanted it to be very much a closed chapter. Okay. And, um, you but don't I've wanted them all to die. Listen, just they let, don't yeah. all die. Boy, don't dig. You've been in that hole before. Get out of it again. <laughs> what <laughs> it's is fine. what? But I think now doing? the BBC have confirmed there's not going to be a third series, haven't they? I don't I think so. Have I, they? I don't think so. I oh. don't think there's been neither confirmation or denial. Mm. Confirmation Conf- nor denial. Confirmation. Confirmation. <laughs> um, one thing I did think... Uh, but there could be a third. I mean, that's the bottom bi- the line. There could be a third. But they shouldn't be. It would be basically Sex and City 3. But does uh, it leave it open for a third? Would it, is it conceivable? Yeah. Yes, it's conceivable. Yeah, yeah. Right, okay. But um, the one thing that I can... It was not a spoiler. It's like the, there's a last scene where Dr. Foster talks to Cameron. I think it's so weird. So do you The think? breaking of the fourth wall? Yeah. No, I thought it was great. I thought it was brilliant. Oh, no. Really? Yeah. There's a reason what? why it happens. But I can't. We can't say because it spoil it. But it's a thing. It's a. It's a. It's a dramatic way. It's a way of dramatizing what happens in the end. No, I disagree. I disagree. Well, I'm Ooh. off next week, so maybe I'll. Watch At least we agree. You've got to watch it. You've got to watch it. it. And then when you come back in next week's podcast, we okay. you give your vote as to whether you agree with Kay or me. Okay. And whichever one you agree with is yep. the winner. Okay, great. Of the Doctor <gasps> Foster argument. Yeah, and we'll rather be known as correct. Yeah. Okay. About the Doctor Foster finale. That's it. Right. We'll settle it next week. Yeah. Now you're probably wondering, what have I been... Uh, uh, no, we were just going to move on to the yeah, next Yeah, should we go on to no the next part? No, of course we oh. care. Go on. Well, in what I like to call the who I'm name-dropping this week. Great, slot, yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, let's start, shall we, with my trip to see Morrissey. Oh, of course. Yes. Oh, you were late to work on Monday. I was... <laughs> 
You said, I'm going to be in at 11.30. I've got a Morrissey gig. It was a half day. It was half day. It was a weird morning. It, st- it was a noon live on Six Music event where Morrissey played for an hour. Mm-hmm. It was part of their week of special live shows. And he was very funny because he talked about how he never gets out of bed before noon. And it was a unique event for him to be up in time <laughs> mm. to do this thing. I respect morning. him. Also, yeah. our editor thought you were going to a Morrison's concert. She did. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, you didn't. You went no. to a Morrison's so concert. So the incredible thing, lots of incredible things about it. But one is that, so it was, a, I mean, obviously most people probably hate Morrissey these days, particularly after the fact that he made reference to a UKIP <laughs> far right anti-Muslim mm. candidate in the, in the concert. And no, and people, everyone Was it apropos assumed, nothing? It was apropos nothing. And everyone assumed in the papers the next day that he was backing UKIP. I don't think I don't think he was. I think he was, it was a joke, and I don't really know what he meant. And no one there knew what he meant. And there was mm. silence. And he then went, "Well, so you don't really know what I'm talking about?" So like, and I was like, "No, we don't know what you're talking about. We wish you stop talking it's about just UKIP." Not funny. Yeah. And he kind of did. Um, but then he, he was in very funny form generally when talking, kind of making funny comments about having to refer to his notes. And he talked about politics. A little, he talked a little bit about. He like, talked about Catalan, didn't he? Talked about Catalan mm. supporting the Catalonians, which is fair enough. Yeah, that is I think fair they enough. deserve our support. Um, someone sh- at one point shouted, um, F Theresa May, you know, as in, oh. and he replied, I'd rather not. Um, oh. and, but it was an intimate, what I was going to say about it, what was special about it, it was very intimate. So it was at the BBC Made Available Studios, only about 100 people were there. And I was thrust to the front by the wonderful Radio 2 publicist. As, and I was with David Williams, who's a huge Morrissey fan. Wow. Of course you were. Of course. And we met John Bradley off of Game of Thrones, who plays Samuel Tarly. You met Samuel Tarly. He was a huge Morrissey fan as well. So oh. in the green room before, we're hanging out with these people. And I have to say, Samuel Tarly came up to me and goes, you're both here or not? <gasps> yes. Oh. So that was, you are the great Boyd Hilton. Yeah. And isn't he a really big gooner as well? No, he comes from Manchester. Can I ask you oh, one I question? Yeah, he's a Manchester fan. No, he's oh. a man, he's Can a I ask you one question? You can ask me anything you like, Kay. Did you have a lanyard with your picture on it? No. And your name? No, I didn't. No. Okay, what did you, you say when get... he said... I said, your... oh my God, yes I am. As I was cannot... Even though you were surprised at your own yeah, existence. Like, <laughs> my existence, yeah. Um, and then I, he kind of, we talked about stuff and talked about Morrissey, how much he loves Morrissey, and that was brilliant, and Game of Thrones. And he kind of told me, he said, you know, I was like, when are you filming? So I'm filming in, you know, in about a month or a couple of months. Wow. He talked about how these six episodes are going to be incredible, special, the... like film, each one's going to be like a film in its own right. Every episode's going to be like yeah. a feature film. yeah. And, you know, it's going to be incredibly lavish. Is and that out there? Yeah, yeah, he's talked about it. It's, everyone's aware, but just to have it from him, the horse's yeah. mouth, the Samuel Tarly's mouth. Yeah. Um, he's and a he talked about it, and I said, oh, and we have to wait until 2019, which we do. And he was like, yeah, I know, it's ridiculous, isn't it? And he was annoyed as well. He has to wait two years to see what he happens. He might be able so to send you some just, clips since you've had some love, Just one of the nicest. Was he? Such a nice guy. Did he guy. seem like a maester? Did he seem he like, did. yeah. He really mm. did, and it was just Very like it, his absolutely character. brilliant, yeah. Um, so that was great. So we met him. Then we got to watch Morrissey for an hour, being incredible, like two feet away from Oof. me. And the whole thing was an extraordinary... Was um, it your favourite Morrissey gig? It was definitely one... And mate, I've been to, like, you know, dozens of them, but to be that close to him was mm. absolutely incredible, yeah. So apart from the UKIP thing, which was unfortunate, <laughs> it was an absolute... <laughs> Incredible event. Does your name dropping in there? No, I feel like no, it's it going, doesn't. Oh my goodness. No, there's a further name dropping right. to come. But this is podcast-based name dropping. Ooh. So the news is we have to give a shout out to Hillary and Michael Whitehall. <gasps> oh, Jack Whitehall. Whitehall's parents. Oh, oh. What? were they cross? No, oh. well, to be brutally honest, let's just recap. Hold on a minute. Yeah. So uh, about four podcasts ago, we reviewed. Jack and Michael's new show on Netflix, Travels with My Father. They're very, very funny, funny. Very funny. Which is... New show that Kay right. and I... I loved it. ...universally oh, liked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really liked it too. I just said that I thought it was a bit contrived. Right. And they didn't... And I believe right. Kay agreed so get with this. me. So I'm attending the launch of Jack Whitehall's new it's Sky Show. It's still on Netflix, by the way, it Pogs. Is. So I'm attending the launch in London's fashionable Soho of, of Jack Whitehall's new... Sky One Show Bounty Hunters, which is, it good? Which is very, very good. Embargoed, strictly embargoed. Oh, okay. but I can say it's very, very it's good. It's neither good. N- okay, fine. It's very, very good. Is right, that we'll be reviewing that in a few weeks' time. It's out on the end of no- Bounty Hunters with Marissa Tomei. Yes, no, no, Rosie Perez. Uh, Rosie Perez Close. That's it. Right, Close okay. Cigar. <laughs> Rosie Perez. Anyway, and I hosted the Q and A. Just dropping that in. Right. Anyway, so I'm in there in, in getting ready. You know, mm-hmm. getting ready for the event. Jack Whitehall's parents come in. And the first thing that happens oh, is no. Hillary goes, we were so grateful for you, to me, for defending the show oh, against, against your colleague no. who claimed it was contrived. And then Michael con- Whitehall goes, yeah, can you explain? Can you do me a favour? Oh, can no. you explain oh, no, please don't. to your lovely colleague? No, he was very mortifying. nice about it. He was very nice about it. This is I, actual, honestly, actually He was mortifying. so funny. He said, 
Yes, when you arrive in a country in the in Malaysia oh, in the oh, Far goodness, East God. or whatever, you can't just land there and start filming. You have to set it up and get of permission and that. sort the whole what? thing out. It was he was very Boyd, funny. Boyd, you are it. a conduit for a <laughs> reprimand by. Michael, and you I do have, not enjoy this. I've been told. You've been told. You have been reprimanded. But to be fair, he was very funny about it. But we did love the show, though, didn't we? We did Overall, and they were we both loved brilliant. They were both absolutely... We said he was very good on email, replying to emails, if I recall. And his mum's lovely. His mum is absolutely adorable. And his mum particularly was very... said she's going to carry on listening to the podcast. She's going to subscribe. Oh, and she thought the whole thing was fantastic. And so it was very funny. I've been told, Michael. I've been told. But yeah. So... It, it, you know, all contrivement. Is that a word? I don't no. know. But all it is a bit contrived. It is contrived. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, I've been told I'm still sticking to my guts. So I'm even a woman though of my you principles. know full well that they're listening right now, essentially, you're still going on with the contrived thing, the C word. I'm sorry. I have to. I've got to stick to my guns. Jesus. Anyway, the bottom line is <laughs> shout out, shout out <laughs> to Hillary. I think Hillary's going to be listening every week. Michael, probably a busy man. I doubt it. Anyway, so that's what I've been doing this week. Wow. And watching and listening to. Oh, I wanted to say Morris's new song is incredible, by the way. His new album is Low in High School. is going to be out in a few weeks. So What's I'm his new album called? Low in High School. Low in High School. Yeah, what a brilliant title. Yeah. Is it? It's a great title. Okay, All cool. No, let's, okay, let's no, just, no, no, we'll, we'll conclude we'll there. Park that. Great title. Park that. Feeling Fine. low in high school. You're low in high school. Yeah, but you, it's Would you be, it's low be in high, high in high school? Which is a major joke about that as well. Low in high school. Sounds like a real chuckle fest. Low in high school. Mm. Oh, Kenny's being sarcastic now. It's because I'm wanting us After to move After the on. Chris and Kem controversy, <laughs> yeah. it's all oh, a little yeah. bit spiky. Let's move on. Let's move on. To the second, what we like to call meat part of the show, where we analyse and review in depth, some would say too much depth, three <laughs> chunky things of the week. Starting with Mindhunter. You know, have, you, have you noticed in my list, I print out a list every week for Kay and Steph, mm-hmm. where, just so that we can know where we are in the schedule. Yeah. In the menu of the uh, show, and I've put it all in cap letters, Mindhunter. Do you know why? Why? Because it Did is officially no. It's officially all capitalised. That's the title of the show. If you look online anywhere, if you watch the title sequence what of the show, this is this. David Fincher, maverick as he is, the director, mm. the co-creator of the show, is insisting that everyone puts it in capital letters every time they mention it. It's weird, isn't it? It's a bit shouty. Yeah. Oh, I like. I think it deserves to be shouty. I'm with him. Okay. Go, Finchy. Would you, Steph, like to? Take us in to the world of Mindhunter and explain what the hell it's all about. Come join me. <laughs> Come join me. Okay. So this is a drama, a US drama, and it's based on a book by John Douglas and Mark Olshaker. And it's all about the origins of the FBI's elite serial crime unit based in the 1970s. So we are obviously all very au fait with the term serial killer, but... Way back when, they used to think they had no idea that there were people that would kill multiple times and have a, there'd be a big psychology behind why they did it. And so this is all about two detectives, Jonathan Groff and Holt McCallany, and they team up to kind of get to the, the, the reasoning behind why people kill. Do they kill m- multiple people? What's get, get into their psyche? And they... they they coined the term serial killer. Before that, they were calling it sequence killers. This whole it's thing, less catchy. It is less catchy, isn't it? And what they decide to do is go and interview a load of serial killers. But I will say, in order for you to know that, you would have had to watch the second one. They do talk about the fact that they're going to do that. Yeah. But the second episode of this. So we've we've officially only watched the first one, but I think Boyd and I watched oh, the no. second one. If you can officially watch however many you want. I think they've put how many they put two up or three up or they've, four up on the They put Netflix two up. They put two up. Right. But it also features because it's this is all obviously based um on real life. It also features the girlfriend of one of the um yes. the officers called oh, Wendy. But she actually is based on Dr. Anne Walbert Burgess, who is this huge, amazing um, psychologist now, and she's won loads and loads of awards. You've summed it up very well. I, f- I feel it's like because um, Dave, so David Fincher's directed mm-hmm. four episodes, um, and he kind of you know is helping, he's exec producing it as well. It's um, the whole idea of it was from a British playwright called Joe Penhall. Did you, you right. didn't mention this? Did you? No, I no, didn't. Good. No, so no, for no, a minute, I, I was thinking you did mention it, and I and I didn't listen to you mention properly. Away. I have been known for not listening properly in That's previous true, podcasts. But this is not one of those. So times. Joe Penhall, did you ever see? He wrote this play, Blue Orange, that came out a few years ago, that dealt with mental health and race, and lots of, this is one of his clear areas of interest. It was an award-winning, brilliant mm. player. Andrew Lincoln was in the stage production of All it right. at the National Theatre. And Fancy. so when I heard about this project, I was like, "Wow, you've got Joe Penhall, who's a brilliant playwright and writer generally. You've got David Fincher, Asif Kapoor." 
Hardy had directed other episodes. He directed Amy and Senna, these brilliant mm. documentaries. And it's all about serial killers. I was like, this is this is literally the perfect thing for me. I yeah, can, you know. Me and too. the other thing is, of course, is that David Fincher. This is this is effectively the fourth thing he's worked on, mm. directed involving serial killers. Seven, the girl with the dragon tattoo, Zodiac. All of them dealt with serial killers. So he is kind of obsessed, like me, like yeah, you, and indeed, me, me, with me. the idea of what. But for me, what this is, because I was thinking, how can he? Ha-? Like, it's pretty bold of him. I mean, he doesn't give a shit. Mm. 18th name drop of the day I once did a BAFTA event with David Fincher yeah. which I interviewed him for an hour and a half one of the greatest moments of my life because he is one of my favourite directors in the world and he talked about how because people say to him when he did Girl with the Dragon Tattoo the remake people said hold on you're remaking a film yeah. and it's another film about serial killers which you've done mm. twice already before and he was like when people say that thing kind of thing to me I do not give a shit yeah. so all he cares about is the script and if it's a project he's interested in and for me I like I haven't seen him interviewed about it, but I, my guess is that for him, the, the tr- draw of this project was when they sent him the book, and I do believe it was exec producer Charlize Theron who sent him the book, mm. and he read it, and I think he must have thought, this kind of shows you the reality of yeah. serial killers and yeah. the reality of psychologically profiling them and all the science of the lamb, for example, which is all about how she goes to mm. interview Hannibal Lecter, yeah. of course, to get hit. It's, this is the reality behind Science of the Lambs. Mm. That was literally based on the elements of this book. And so similarly, elements of Seven and elements of, of the stuff he's worked on, these fictional dramas, are based on this reality. And this is like... I mean, it's beautifully filmed, isn't it? And it's, yeah. And it's a kind of stunning... Very stylish Very well. stylish. Because the, the whole um, thing you were saying about Mindhunter being capitalised, yeah. everywhere they go, when there's a scene change, right. where they go travelling somewhere to interview different um, serial killers or go and... Because there's a lot of teaching. The thing that these guys yeah, teach, don't they? Yeah, they're supposed to be teachers, yeah. Um, then it, all, it comes up in big yeah. capitals. It's very stylish. Font. Great font, yeah, very stylish. Very stylish. Yeah. So David Fincher is the master of that kind of slightly yeah. chilly, beautiful kind of stark visuals and it's that's all in there but I thought the I just thought it's so interesting that he himself has, has kind of decided to do this project that is dealing with dealing with serial killers and the psychology behind them and the people who investigate them and it's kind of making it even more real I feel than it's ever yeah. been done before and I, Science of the Lambs is another one of my favourite films yeah. Seven is another one of my favourite films but now this and you're absolutely right about the two episodes thing so have you watched both episodes no. Kay? so I only watched right. the first episode um, because yeah. that's all I had time sure. for but also but as you know I'm not that you're can't, not, you're not can't a lover handle of violence, no. violence, scary stuff. So actually, I'm killing. happy to watch the first episode because it's a scene setter. Right. They don't get into the nitty gritty of the serial they killers. They just yeah. But all I'd say is, I would, I think, and, and I think they should almost have created a, a two-hour opening I episode. Do too. I mean, it's all dropping in one go anyway on Netflix. It yeah. doesn't really matter. But I think because in the second part, they don't actually go and interview a serial killer until part two, until episode two, and mm. that's for me when it all comes together. I this in and the other thing is right as as I've often say, I'm really really into true crime love it so I half thought to myself is this going to satisfy me because I watch loads of documentaries about crime but in the second episode because it's all obviously based in real life they dramatize the interview they had with a serial killer called Edward Kempner it's brilliant it's absolutely brilliant because obviously we were never going to have a documentary about uh, what really happened at the interview of Edward Kempner but the way they've dramatized this it's so sinister and it's just fantastic it's really scary and I know it's totally not up your street Kay but I agree with you yeah. Lord. I think the thing is you have to watch if you if you only watch episode one you think it's not for me watch episode two because yeah. it is totally worth it they no, should I totally have done it all together the first episode I thought oh, it was good. great and I know I really like the first episode but that's, I think that's because it didn't scare me yeah because in, in the first episode interestingly it's such a kind of unpredictable series isn't it it wasn't yeah. what I was expecting at all because in the first it does deal with his private life a lot. It's about him yeah, meeting which actually this, I enjoyed. this woman in the bar who yeah. kind of makes a play for him. Brilliantly. And actually, Jonathan Groff's yeah. um, Hannah Gross, who yeah. plays um, Debbie, his and, girlfriend. And Jonathan Groff, best known for Glee and Looking with Russell mm. Tovey, which is all about the gay gay milieu of San mm. Francisco. This is a completely different role for him. No. And I thought he did it brilliantly. Kind of, He's like an everyman figure, isn't he? You're yeah, I loved him. This brilliant... Profile. I love them both together, actually. I thought they were really good. I don't know any of his work, so um, I'm going to go and check out. What, what you mean it? Holt McCallany, the no, other guy? or, or no, Groff, Jonathan. I don't know Groff. anything about Groff, the Groffmeister. Yeah. Oh, the Groffmeister is great. Yeah, because there's a kind of like gently bickering, not, in fact, not, quite, not even gentle, bickering mm. kind of antagonistic relationship between Holt McCallany's character, the other FBI profile, the one more, ex- yeah. more experienced one is hit than him, because Jonathan Groff's character, Holden, wants to take it further and he wants to go and 
hang out with these mm. psychopaths, and which is in in when it's set in the seventies, considered a completely, completely unacceptable thing yeah, to do. Yeah. That's really interesting. Isn't it? But that's what I love about this because actually, I don't think I've seen anything. I don't think I've seen anything that dramatizes the resistance from the yeah. um, the police force, yeah. no, the, the police force at large, and, and the FBI uh, of like what you know they're saying. There was just the feeling like you are born a serial killer, yeah. um, and that's it. We're, you're a serial killer or you're, you're a murderer or you're not a murderer. And of course, we're all very uh, over familiar with that term. And we're over familiar with, of course, things that happen in your past affect, you know, affect what you do in your life. But they didn't it's, hard psychology to, yeah, it's hard to re- re- even believe that there was a time before that where the police were operating under the assumption that, no, 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 you, bad people do bad things and that's it. And there's no reason for it. And also that they had no thought that in order to catch people who murdered, that you'd, you'd have to try and get, into the psyche of these people and so it really is just it's an origin story isn't it because yeah. it's fascinating it is, yeah. but it's interesting because there are of course you know there's still people now aren't there there's still yes. the papers if uh, any evil people use the terms about evil and people do still think that people are born evil I think yeah. you know some I, I would so call them not particularly intelligent but <laughs> nevertheless there's still media coverage shall we say yeah. of, of, of heinous criminals yeah. still plays on that idea that they're born evil doesn't it and yes. even there's nothing we should do and that we shouldn't try and understand them that's considered no. like woolly liberal mm. kind of thing and that again I think is another massive attraction yeah. for everyone to work on this project because it's just got so many parallels now that still people have the similar attitudes yeah uh, there we are, Mindhunter. I mean, I, it's, a, it's a five star for me. It's a, it's absolutely five star for me. And it, and if you have any love of any true crime stuff, you're you're going to really, yeah. really enjoy this. I mean, it's a four from me. Okay, fair enough. Why is it lost a star for you? Just not up your street. She hasn't watched episode two. I right. think if you'd have had only if you'd have had time to watch episode two, I think you might have gone up to four and a half, five. Yeah. Anyway, Mindhunter. All ten episodes drop on Friday the thirteenth. See what they've done there of oh, October. Clever. On the Netflix, and brilliantly, they've already commissioned series two. Um, they should. And I really hope, personally, that David Fincher, because he kind of, after he directed two episodes of House of Cards, which was Netflix's first ever big drama hit, yeah. I guess. And then he kind of dropped out of it. I think he got kind of bored of it. Really. He's still exec producer. Yeah, though. but he doesn't have anything to do with it at all. He doesn't. Does he not have to no. say he likes it no. or not? Doesn't give it, doesn't, come, doesn't get involved. Whereas I hope he does get, keeps involved with Mindhunter, because I think he's such, mm, he's, yeah. such, he's, such he's so, it's so him, isn't it? Mm. So that's Mindhunter on Netflix on Friday the 13th of October, Kay. Let's move on to what I think it's fair to describe as one of the most interesting slash important, I use, well, important's a big word, isn't it? But revelatory mm. documentaries of the TV year, George Michael, colon, Freedom, which is going to be on Channel 4 next Monday at 9pm. Kay? Mm-hmm. You not only we've all watched it. Yeah, it's about an hour and a half, maybe even an hour and I think it's an hour and forty-five, an hour and fifty on with adverts. Oh, is it? Yeah, but you still went to the screening, didn't you? Yeah, and there was a Q and A and everything with who? With David Austin, who's the co-director, so, co-director, right. um, good friend of George, collaborator, and he was there to do a bit of a Q and A afterwards. So explain the whole genesis of the show. Explain what it is. So basically, it's made with George's permission, with his like you know he was contributed to it we hear audio from him co-director yeah absolutely so he was in the editing suite on the 23rd of december up until the 23rd of december and obviously as we know he sadly passed away on christmas day and he was due to go back in on the 27th so he's you know it's got his touch all over it his audio is included he's never seen on screen talking to camera because as we know he was he was notoriously shy and i think that's the point about this this is like unprecedented access to him um his home videos his photos and to him like talking us through his early solo career after Wham, and most importantly, this um, Listening Without Prejudice Volume 1 album, which is what this is all about. It's, was it 20 years or? Something like, yeah, they're re releasing it. It's, yeah, it's, it's out, a, they're re releasing it. It's the anniversary of that album, basically, and so that's why they've made it. And it's incredible. So you have so many different aspects of this that make it a wonderful documentary. You've got contributors like Elton John, Stevie Wonder, Naomi Campbell, Kate. Ricky Gervais, Niall Rogers, Mark Ronson, Tracy Emin, Liam Gallagher, Mary J. Bly, Jean-Paul Gaultier. That lot. And also Kate Moss speaks. Naomi Which Campbell, think... Christy Turlington, <laughs> Tatiana Patitz and Linda Evangelista. Mm-hmm. What have they all got in common? They're in the Freedom video. Yes. yes directed by David Fincher. Oh, unbelievable link back to oh Mind Unbelievable link to Carry always on. come back. Sorry oh. to interrupt. Carry on. No, no, it's no. It's yet another unbelievable link. Yeah. No, it always comes back to Finchie. Um, <laughs> yeah, and so it's all about that time. And also it covers off um, his big dispute with Sony, his record label, and his finding his true love. So 
this whole thing is that he was incredibly lonely, even though when he was his most famous, which was after the Faith album, he was like, he said, it, it brought him to the brink of madness almost and l extreme loneliness because he was incredibly famous and he was on this like endless promo tra uh, trail, but he was never able to enjoy his sexuality because he didn't have time to meet someone, he never met anyone. And then it was this one occasion in Brazil performing from stage, he set his eyes on this guy called Anselmo, this Brazilian guy. They fell in love and had this amazing romance for just six months before Anselmo sadly died of HIV. And he just talks about this and it was such an insight into it, yeah, his life and his emotions and how he felt. I think that that was what was so kind of beautiful about this and so shocking for me was that basically this six month love affair that he had with this guy, Anselmo, where he basically says he, for the first time he felt like himself, has actually shaped everything that happened afterwards. And you think six months, you think oh, it's not a lot of time. But that's what gave him the courage to you know, take Sony to court mm. and yeah. wanted, yeah. wanted him to break free from his contract. It was, that gave it was him his grief from that. that It led to anger and he was really angry about that. Yeah. And he calls Anselmo his saviour. Yeah, and, and, that, and he wrote uh, Jesus to a child and he thinks that that song is uh, um, about his relationship with Anselmo. There was, well, the whole it, older album. Yeah, it's every everything. Every single track he says is about him. Yeah. That's like a musical coming out, mm. that album, because mm. it, Jesus to a Child was about Anselmo. Then he did um, Free Love, which is about like cruising mm. and like trying to... You know, have casual sex to get over yeah. his grief, and then spinning the wheel, all about like catching AIDS yeah. and like you know the risk of that. And it's beautiful. It's really, really beautifully done. And I liked the fact that they didn't try and make they didn't try and make this whole. It was obviously this court dispute was really horrible and nasty. And there's some people who speak in. Um, in the documentary, they're obviously really angry about that situation, but they didn't kind of sugarcoat it. And I yeah, suppose because he, at that point when they did those interviews, he had not passed away, so it was just a very honest view of that time, which it's I thought weird, was great. It? Yeah, I was going to mention that that how um, it's incredible. A that a lot of it is about him taking Sony to court. Remember, so remember that whole yeah. period people don't don't remember was he was accusing them of kind of slavery that you're, you you sign a contract when you're 18 or something you know, as, as an artist, as a singer-songwriter, and then 10 years later, you know, the world's changed and you've changed and you're still beholden to the, whatever you agreed to 10 years previously and he couldn't extract himself from it, had to take them to court. And he, he's actually got in the documentary the people who essentially he was fighting yeah. with, mm. who, who went to court. And it's brilliantly honest. Everyone in it t talks about it, how unfortunate it was. And of course, in the end, they just let him go anyway. So it kind of... But the point about that was that he well, wanted to get off, like he didn't want to do any more promo yeah, for course, any of the music yeah. because he was just felt exhausted and he likened it to prostitution. Yeah. He didn't want to do that. He wanted to go in artistically a different direction and they weren't keen for him to do that. So he was just like, he wanted to like sever all ties with them. And then because of this contract, he yeah. couldn't, and so he was furious. And then the, the point you said about the, the, them talking about him in the present mm. sense is so weird, it, isn't it? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so there are all these incredible interviews, all these people, Elton John, and they're all talking about their love for him, and they're saying that's what he's like. He's like this, and, and you're thinking, oh, oh God, no. you know. Yeah. But even hearing him talk... Oh, yeah. It's just like, yeah. I think it's really easy. Like, I love George Michael, but I think in recent years, it's really kind of, it's, it, you, it's easy to forget how influential these people are and mm. how powerful their music is. And when you when I watched, I was like, I love every single mm. one of his songs. And it really took me back. And I think after this, I think there's going to be a huge outpouring of iTunes love for him. I think yeah. he's, that his sales are going to go through the roof because it just reminds you of actually, he's, 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 there's a bit in it where he talks about how he wants to be remembered and he wants to be remembered as a songwriter. And actually, I think what was brilliant about what happened to him in that whole not wanting to be in his videos and that kind of stuff is actually his legacy is as an incredible songwriter because oh, he God, isn't... Yeah. You didn't see him actually out and about very much. He really did stay at home and he says that he's a real homebody and he liked to be at home. Mm. But I think... For me, it all comes back to this six months of his life that really changed him and this love affair, and it is it is incredibly sad. It's because of that that all his songs resonate with people. I think yeah. if you, I think it's sad. It's very it's deeply moving on so many levels because you get to hear his story, which a lot of people wouldn't have known about his love affair ending in such a sad way. And I on, and I think like when I was watching it in the screening room, if you've ever like had a loss or like have ever experienced grief, it will just stir something in you. I think it just it will resonate with so many people. And it is just like... But also, I want to say that oh, it's mm. incredibly, also incredibly uplifting and, um, and a brilliant tribute to it. Now, I, I had yeah. this conversation with Kay earlier in the week, but I'm going to mention it again mm. because when, when I watched it. I think one of the most amazing things about it is if, if you ignore for one, try and ignore for one minute the fact that he, he unfortunately tragically passed away, what this film is, is 
it's his own creation. He commissioned mm. and co-directed, and as you say, voices over, mm. telling his own life story. But it's an app. It's a huge celebration of how brilliant he was. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And he. Yeah. So it's like a. I was sitting there thinking, if he was still alive, I think some people might. And I'm not being critical of him at all. I totally. But he's absolutely does not give a flying shit what people think of him at any point, like certainly post-Anselmo in every way. And I think this is almost part of that, that it's his own tribute to himself, his own brilliance. Mm. Unashamed. Yeah, but how wonderful is that? Oh, I, could, I agree yeah. completely. But I think it would have been really interesting to see how it would have been received, you know, as a thing, a literal self-celebration of, of his Oh, I think critics talent. would have like criticised him because it's like tall poppy syndrome. Yeah. They'd be like, "Oh, who does he think right. he is making I a think tribute to himself?" Right, hold exactly. on, hold but on a minute. I don't, I don't agree because I think actually there's enough time has passed since you've ever. When was the last time you saw a first person interview with George Michael? That actually, I don't think they would because what he's doing, he's like, "I will give you an insight into my life." Say he's still alive. I will give you an insight into my life and my feelings and how I was feeling all these times. But I'm going to do it my way, and that is actually a, that's the theme a of the tr- whole documentary. Yeah, actually. that's what I mean. So I, I think oh, it's I, perfect for him because because he does. He doesn't give interviews and he doesn't I agree with that completely but I still think I think it just would have been I don't know I'm not I'm not I don't know is the answer is I'm just posing the question how would it have been you know what would it have been like watching this this celebra- this thing this tribute to his own genius by himself authored by himself I think it would have been interesting I'm not that's what I'm saying mm-hmm. I think it's completely brilliant and justified by the way and I think his own awareness of his talent is is so interesting and I don't know anyone else who talks about themselves like that or Elton not really I think you know Name drop, double, huge, massive name drop. I've interviewed that one a few times, and he just doesn't talk. He, he's very, well, of course, he's very proud of his brilliance, but he doesn't really talk about himself in the same way that George does. Oh. And that George talks about himself like he, he says right at the beginning, I wanted to be the biggest artist in the world, and yeah. he's talking about himself, comparing himself to Stevie Wonder, for example. No, and no, I think no, that's no, he fine. didn't do that. He didn't do well, that. He said in the eighties it was Michael Jackson, yeah. Madonna. He was in. He was selling as. He was selling yeah. as many. But if that's just facts, so how were you no, saying? No, no, he I shouldn't think intrinsically. Say? No, 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 I'm not criticizing. By the way, none of this. I'm just saying it's how interesting. How absolutely does not care about being accused of having that ego or having yeah. that arrogance or whatever you want to call it. And I think he's right. He is as talented. That's as That's what people. I was going to say. That's the bottom line. This so it, at the same time as as having all of that, him talking about himself and yep. getting all these incredible people. I think the, the array of people is so interesting. So you've got Stevie Wonder and Elton John, who you'd expect to be on there. I don't think you would expect Ricky Gervais. He was in extras. In that, and, but I Ricky think that Gervais showed another so side of him. Right, that's what I'm saying. He's got all these things covered, all the different sides to him. My favourite is Liam Gallagher. Liam Gallagher. Incredible. To watch Liam Gallagher sit there, and there's a brilliant bit. <laughs> They all get record players, turntables, yeah. and they all put Listen Without Prejudice on the thing, mm. and they're all listening to these tracks. At one point, James Gordon starts crying, doesn't he? Yeah, there's um, a very emotional reaction about to it. What, the brilliant song, Praying for Time, yeah. and which does sound kind of very John Lennon-ish, and they all talk about how it sounds like John Lennon. And, and it, it absolutely does the job of showing what an incredible genius he was. And at the same time, I think what he, how uniquely aware of his own genius he was. But, I think it's fascinating. Well, I think we've witted on about that. More than enough. It's uh, a must-watch. I'm wondering. This is like in the X Factor when they all go, "This is the greatest audition of all time," yeah. and then they go, "So, are you putting them through? Is it a yes or a no? How many stars <laughs> are we giving it?" I might. Okay. I'm tempted to give it a six, like ten star, mm. but I know you're going to frown upon that. But in my heart, it's six. But for the purpose of this show, five. It's uh, it's a hundred percent five. You, everybody will watch it and love it, and you'll all want to get his greatest hits. It's it's a hundred and ten percent yes. From oh you. god, it's wonderful. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely it's it's brilliant. Yeah, it's five stars. Yeah, incredible. So that is George Michael colon Freedom on Channel Four next Monday, the sixteenth of October, nine pm, and that's followed by a concert he recorded. Um, 25 Live Tour, I think in 2008, um, which is pretty great as well in itself. And they're re-releasing. You said it's going to be huge on iTunes. It's really going to be huge on iTunes because Listen Without Prejudice is officially re-released, remastered on the 20th of October. FYI. There you go. In sharp contrast. (laughs) This is is in sharp contrast. Travel Man, colon 48 hours, is back on Channel 4. Friday, next Friday, the 19th of October, 8.30pm. It is the travelogue vehicle for Richard Ayoade, isn't it, Steph? Oh, it is the travelogue. Talk us we, through, in case anyone, okay. no one has ever seen the show. It's like, it's like the third or fourth series, but in right. case no one's ever seen 
this show? What is the format? This is a unique format of Richard Ayoade taking a celebrity chum, and actually sometimes he doesn't really know them very well, so which makes it more interesting, on um, a trip to somewhere for 48 hours. And it's interspersed with them doing uh, little day trips. They usually have a dinner. They go to visit historical landmarks. And all the way throughout, everywhere they're going to visit is tagged with a monetary amount of how much it's cost. So this time he is taking the wonderful Matt Lucas for 48 hours in Rome. And it is hilarious. And Kay and I actually watched this together. And I said to Kay, I think Matt Lucas and Richard could do the whole series, just those two together. Because I love these two. I mean, sometimes like, he's done it with Lena Dunham and I really liked her one. And, yeah. But sometimes it can be a bit hit and miss because it relies on the other person. And it's usually someone with a bit of comic value to them that he takes. Yeah. It relies on the, their interaction being good. I mean, Richard Ayoade is obviously a genius presenter and brilliant and he makes everything funny. <laughs> I would actually um, just watch it with I him would. on his own. I would. Like, but, yeah. it, but Matt Lucas on this is great. So they do... Um, what is that thing that they do with a gladiator school? They do a gladiator school. They go and visit a Coliseum. They have a Michelin-starred uh, dinner. They um, go to the Trevi oh, Fountain. Yeah, they go to the Trevi Fountain. They do um, a Fiat car, like old Fiat car um, tour. It's it's jam-packed full. Kay loved it, didn't you, Kay? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Had you seen it before? No, I hadn't. Virgin. I re- virgin yeah, spot. it was a virgin. And uh, no, I thought I love I love Richard. Cause, uh, you Did know, I appreciate Travel Man before. No, I don't think oh. I have. No, well, um, I don't think she had. Yeah, it's partly why. Partly, partly why we chose it's it. Right up, right yeah. up, Coast Street. I mean, I say that in retrospect, like I knew along. I didn't. You didn't know. No. As you know, I like him because he's dry as toast, and I like people like that. Because we reviewed so. him doing um, Crystal Maze, didn't we? Yeah. And I think we're all. Very impressed with his performance. And I spoke to someone, a TV industry insider, by the mm, way, mm. who listened to that podcast, who completely disagreed with us. I think we all liked him on that, didn't we? Yeah. Saying how, what a great job he well, did. Well, I always think Richard O'Brien was you better. You Richard O'Brien. I didn't like Richard O'Brien. Okay. Someone had to go at me about that as well. Yeah, good. So what did the insider the say? The insider said they thought he was completely miscast for it. Oh, and okay. that um, no, he didn't they, do well at all. They need to be outsiders. That's yeah, what they need to be. Yeah, maybe. maybe. I think Richard Ayoade is so brilliant. He's such an amazing presenter. I would watch him present anything yeah, because he makes everything funny. Well, I think your point about... So this is what I was going to say. was your point about you know he need to, how he gets on with the, the, the person he's mm-hmm. taking. And I was just looking through a list of the people who've done it with him. Kathy Burke, Adam Hills, Jessica Hines, Stephen Mangan, Chris O'Dowd, Mel of Mel and Sue, Sue of Mel and Sue, <laughs> um, Noel Fielding... Like well, they're Comedians. all funny people, but I don't. I can barely remember an episode where it wasn't where the chemistry. I think he's so good, yeah, he is, and good. such a lovely, open, funny, unpretentious person, mm. authentic person. That's what that's the word I was grasping for. Because none of it's even though some of it's contrived, isn't it? Like oh, obviously, do not say no, the C no, no. word again. But yeah. they again, they're very self-aware about that. So but, Matt Lucas in this episode, for example, will they stood in front of the Trevi Fountain, didn't they? Yeah. And he said for the long shot, they, <laughs> yeah. and he did a countdown. And so they're like they're commenting on the fact. Obviously, you're filming, yeah. and some of it's going to be contrived. But, but, but what the point I was trying to make, that I've kind of forgotten myself, was that actually almost week in week out, his bond with whoever yeah. he takes is incredibly. But that's great. Pitch, that's his shtick, isn't that's it? His that's thing. that's his thing. Yeah. His his ability. To turn contrived contrived situations into a presenting skill is yes. just genius. Yes, it is absolutely genius. It's, yeah. it's, it's, and I thought it's very informative as well. It so is informative. Sewers, starting Rome, very interesting. Concrete, very interesting. Also, my favourite fact: they have a Pope Weekly magazine. That is Who good. knew in Vatican yeah. City? Oh, is it El Papa? Yeah, something like that. El we need Papa. to get on that. It's weekly. Let's Might see if they've got the, a role there. Pictures of Pope doing stuff. El yeah. Papa. There's a very who's, your, who's your favourite Pope? Um, John Paul II. Yeah, mine too. Yeah. Oh, he looked like yeah. a little. Gra- he looked like a granddad. I'd always yeah. like that. I don't know tribute. why. I, I, mean, I don't. Actually. Not really a fan of the Catholic Church, but you know, if you're going <laughs> well, to not... tie me down to one pope, <laughs> then. That I think JP the was I was going to say, I love the bit, the scene. There's a scene in it. Now, I know, you know, there's a scene in it where they go to um, a place and they get they use Google Translate. Basically, Matt oh, is talking yeah. to this Italian guy behind the counter. It's, it's the marble. It's the, the marble, marble. Yes, engraver. It's the, it's the marble engraver. Thank you. And Matt Lucas holds out his iPad with Google Translate, asks him a quite a long question about whether you can get something celebrating Arsenal. Matt's mm. a huge Arsenal fan, obviously. And then he, and then the Google Translate says it out loud in Italian, and then the guy has to reply in Italian. Matt says, "Hold on, hold on." Holds out the iPad for Google mm. Translate to do its modern business. travel. It's a very funny, 
very funny scene. And Matt, I, I thought what was great, partly what was great, because I love seeing Matt in that situation where he just, he's a very naturally funny yeah. um, guy who every, pretty much everything he says, when you're in that situation with him, when you're kind of, you know, out and about meeting people, mm. everything he says and does is very it's funny. funny. Mm. It is, it's a joy, isn't it? It's my a joyous only... little show. It's a half hour little, go on, oh, we've got, no, you've got Ooh, a, yeah. oh, she's my got, only, she's got your only. My Nancy, come on. <laughs> oh, come on, let's not be hostile. I'd like it to be an hour. Oh, I'd like it to be a bit longer, 40 minutes maybe. Like my memory of it, I, I may be wrong, I was, uh, partly I was trying to look that up um, on what? the internet, whether, whether it used to be, because I'm sure in my mind it used to be longer than half an hour, but maybe it didn't. I no, it more. was never longer than half an hour, but <laughs> I think the magic, it wasn't. it wasn't, I've watched all of them, I love oh, that, okay. I love them. I think the magic of it, the whole, the whole thing, if you... It's, it's very quick paced and the presenting yeah. style is very quick paced and I think that's the whole point. It's like 48 hours, the whole spirit of it is this is a quick roundup of what you could do in 48 hours and the show is quick and it's really well, snappy like, and okay. this is what you can go and do and it's and it's just perfect. I in think any case, longer... I would like would 48 minutes. No. You're not going to get it. That's what they should... That'd be a good... Um, put in a cool format, voice. Format so you can we talk to. No, you'd yeah. all be saying it's too long. You would. Maybe, you might be right. I would. It does The genius of it is it's that it's quick yeah. it's good I think you might be right um, and also it does kind of inspire me like I felt I did want to go to Rome after seeing yeah, it yeah me too and Rome, hey yeah. and I going to go hello okay maybe we'll do a Group special trip. Pod, pod trip pod, pod trip uh, do we Rome. have the funds to go to Rome John, John the thumbs up we have got the John funds John producer fun. guru yeah. is saying we're all going to go to Great. Rome oh my god then I can pick up the Pope Weekly magazine yes, yes. Okay. Okay. right next week fantastic Excellent. that is Travel Man colon 48 hours slash in Rome with Matt Lucas and Richie Awade on Channel 4 next Friday at 8.30pm. And that, that includes that. the meat of the podcast. <laughs> but we need to course. get a star. Oh, God. It doesn't conclude. It concludes when we finish the star rating. That's when it concludes. Well done, Steph. I mean, we'll oh. edit this bit out, but you're absolutely right. It's like I've forgotten the format of our own I know. I think we podcast. should keep it in so people know Let's what we have to deal with. So that, yeah. that people know you. that my brain is addled. Well, <laughs> is it not addled enough that you can give it a star rating? Let's give... 48 hours of star rating. No, let's you give that. We'll give our own. Thanks very much. <laughs> right. Steph, how many stars I'm are you going to give? I'm going to give it five hours? of my very own stars because I love Richard. Okay. I'm going to give it 4.8 stars because that's how many oh. minutes I'd like and it's tying in with that. That's clever. Yeah. God. Decimal <laughs> rating of stars. Oh. <laughs> yeah. You well, think, just when you think she doesn't get any better. Just when you think I can't get wow. be more awkward, yeah. I find a way. Uh, I'm going to give it four very, very strongly recommended stars. Why wouldn't you give it five? Um, Would you like more of it? <laughs> I don't know. I get, it just feel, for me, I'm saving my five for, you know, a kind of, I don't know. I'm, uh, there's no way of putting this without saying that I'm critical of it. Just, I, I don't know, a show that's harder to, attaining, maybe more with more ambition and scope for me. Whoa. Five stars, oh, yeah, I'm holding God. back a little bit. But I, I really snob. enjoy it. Yes, I am such a snob, okay. Yeah. yeah, There's no denying it, yeah. Like Chris and Kem, I mean, that's a f- you know, if we reviewed that, that would be a five-star oh. show. Oh, yes. Oh, you really want me to be a snob. Yeah, look at that. That's what I'm capable <laughs> Mr. of. Mr. Hoity-toity. Can't watch anyway, those kind of programmes. as I've already said once, and I was wrong, that does conclude <laughs> the meat of the show, of the podcast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, of course, there is still the all-important... Question time. What's your favourite serial killer TV or film thing of all time ever? As, and that's All inspired by, in. inspired by, of course, Mindhunter, which is perhaps the ultimate serial killer drama now on television. Okay, who are you going to plump for? And I know you love everything <laughs> to do with serial killers. If you could spend the rest of your I life... I hate it. Hmm. Um, no, I would choose um, Tommy Lee Royce from Happy Valley. Uh, purely on the basis that is James Norton. And I really like him. I think he's a good actor. But also I think if you have to watch a serial killer, which I choose not to do, I'd rather stare at him than anyone else. Fair enough. He is one of the new breed of handsome killers, serial killers. Oh. Yeah, he's also, what's his name? Dawn on, are you Dawn say on the Fall. No, Dawn on the Fall, that? yeah. And but one of the things you should have said about, I should have said this in my lunch is they're not like that at all. These are proper kind of, you know, normal people that aren't, don't happen to be massively dashing and handsome. Oh, serial no, killers no, on the no, ground. ground. No. Yeah, on the, they are. <laughs> I don't know whether Ted Bundy is going to appear in it. He's like the one that everyone says always oh, really good looking that was he, was yeah. oh, Ted Bundy okay. was very attractive oh, okay. that's how we managed to kill so many people because okay. everyone's like he's not a killer he's really attractive anyway who's your fa- which is your favourite serial killer um, TV or this film this is such a hard question for me because I do love serial killer things so I've got two answers no you have to choose one sorry that's just the I rule. can't okay Boyd who's yours oh no 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 right I'm going to say them both right one of them is Zodiac yeah right and the other film that I love is Silence of the Lambs. And we've mentioned both of these in this podcast. But Zodiac, Jake Gyllenhaal, oh, God. I could watch that film again and again and again. I just think it's absolutely brilliant. The tension is, oh, God, it's amazing. And Silence because both, um, both Fincher, aren't they? Both Fincher, are they? No. 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 Zodiac is Fincher. 
Silence of the Lambs is, of course, who the late Jonathan Demme, uh, who died recently. And I'm absolutely with you in both of those are masterpieces of yeah, cinema, yep. if I can use that slightly pompous phrase, and I believe I have. But I would go, because Silence is definitely in my top ten, Yeah, you know, and Zodiac's kind of bubbling under. But I'm going for David Fincher's other first, the first serial, I'm going for Seven. <gasps> oh, seven, seven is a great, yeah. Oh I did, that I was mean, on my shortlist. Seven I watch once, pretty much once every few months. Great. That's how I feel about Zodiac. <laughs> yeah. Mm. And not only has he got the unbeatable combination of oh. Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman, um, it's also, it's, it's one of the most brilliantly filmed, stunningly beautiful pieces of cinema yeah, you'll ever see and is. change the way that people um, visualise those things if, if you notice every single TV drama that deals with murder mm. since Seven pretty much has that same kind of murky greeny yeah. grey visual look to it and very stylized kind of mm. um, use of focus and things like that mm. and it's all coming from Seven he completely set the template for how to dramatise visually this kind of thing well that's about it I think we've uh, run the gamut yep Gamut's been run. Gamut has been run. Um, Please do give us feedback. Um, Rate and review us on the iTunes. Mm -hmm. We're on the front page last week. We're still on the front page of iTunes. We are on the front page of New and Noteworthy. Where you can see a nice picture of us. You can see a nice picture of us. And um, please do ask us anything and feedback to us on our individual Twitter accounts. At Boyd Hilton, at Steph Seelan, at Kay Ribeiro. It's a goodbye from me. It's a goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from me.